The leaders of this world who were trying to make change, they always fell. But if we don't fall, we can't get back up and do better work. That's Dr. Zabina Basin, better known as Dr. Z. She's a child psychiatrist who is deeply committed to the health and well-being of children. So when her own child came to her upset and confused about how she was treated as a South Asian American, Dr. Z had a big realization. And then it hit me. Oh my God, I went through the same thing. This is the exact same thing I went through. I lived in Southern California, born and raised my whole life, and I was bullied for being different. The same ignorance Dr. Z experienced as a kid was still happening today. And that's when her life took an unexpected turn. She left her thriving career as a doctor to start In Kids, an educational toy company that aims to build belonging and acceptance from an early age. On this episode, we're digging into two breakouts, Dr. Z's courageous decision to leave one passion to pursue another, and her work to break the cycle of ignorance and build more acceptance in the world. As a bonus, you're going to get some amazing holiday gift ideas for all the great kids in your life. Plus, we'll hear about the friction Dr. Z experienced when she left a respected profession to create products that challenge the status quo. I always felt like I was supposed to be torn down and live by everybody else's words. So now I don't. I live by my words and I live by the positive and support group around me. Welcome to The Breakout, a show about smashing through life's little boxes and forging your own path. I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. And I'm Kelly Gunther. Carrie and I are people and change experts and best friends. We've spent more than 25 years helping organizations navigate change and get the best out of their people. Come on, we know change is hard, but staying the same can even be harder. On The Breakout, we prove that you can escape expectations and best of all, we show you how. Welcome, Dr. Z. We're so excited that you're here. What did you break out of? My breakout One is for men and women who are beyond their years of like 40 and above, who are always looking to launch a new career, launch a new life. My breakout was to really show people that it doesn't matter how old you are, what stage of life you're at, you can always change your career and go to something that you're passionate about. And that's what I did. At 40, I launched In Kids and started a toy company where I was practicing as a physician, running hospitals. And I said, I have two kids under two and I want to make a difference and make a change through play for the next generation. And that really goes into my next breakout, which was I wanted to make a change not only for children and kids of the next generation, but also for the adults and family members that they are surrounded by. Because we live in a country that we call a melting pot, right? It's it's diverse, or we live in a globe that we call a melting pot. But we also don't understand one another. We really still live by a lot of bias and prejudices that have been there since I was a child. And the breakout for me was how do I educate not only the children about culture and tradition and removing bias and mimicking and making fun of one another, but also add it on to how do we educate their parents and their family members so we can stop this within our homes and really create a future with our children rather for them? Mm, I love that. Dr. Z, what in your background led you to this change in your career? 
like I said, I had two kids under two. I, I built the cancer center, which was my last project within the healthcare system. And I had one child and I was pregnant with another. And my husband and I were like, okay, I think it's time for a little bit of a break. You have two kids under two and, you know, I, I had them late in life and I wanted to be a mom. It took us a while to have children. So we just decided let's stay at home and be part of the PTA and go be the preschool <laughs> mom, which I didn't know if I really wanted to do, but I was going to test it out. Right. And one day my daughter who, Amara, she's seven now, well, she'll be eight soon, was four. And she came to me and she said, why do people keep asking me where I'm from? Really with an attitude too. Very, very strong child. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean people keep asking you where are you from? She said, well, you know, also, why don't I have a dot on my head? Why don't I have an accent? And I'm like, you're four. Like, it blew yeah. my mind away that she kept asking me these questions. And she said, mom, I don't understand. I thought I was American. I get it, you know we're Indian or where we come from there. I said, well, technically we don't. You're a second generation American. You're American. I'm American. And then it hit me. Oh my God, I went through the same thing. This is the exact same thing I went through. I lived in Southern California, born and raised my whole life. And I was bullied for being different. I was made fun of me for being different. I was mimicked for being different. You know, the cartoons didn't help, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the society didn't help because the parents also didn't know. And the kids listen to what is happening at home or what they see on TV at that point when I was growing up. Right. And now my daughter is coming to me and asking me those same questions. Now, is it those kids fault who are asking? No. Is it their parents fault? I don't think so because they're probably not educated. And then how do I blame the teachers when they don't have the programming or the curriculum to bring that in as well? So I went to her classroom and I said, what can I do to make this change for these children and figure out how to not only educate them, but make it fun for them that they can learn about one another and create a place of appreciation. And the big word we always want to use belonging. You know, we tend to say diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, but these are big words for kids. Mm -hmm. They just want to be appreciated and accepted and feel like they're welcome to the party. I think we do as adults as well. We want to feel like we're part of a group. And so I started creating kits based off of like, you know, the kids in her classroom. Now, I am not educated in all of the cultures and all of the traditions and all of the countries in the world. I am a science person. But I realized how do I get educated in that is by going to the parents of these kids in the classroom and really understanding culture and tradition. So we started creating little things about, you know, the Japanese culture, the Persian culture, the um, Latinx culture, different cultures and different traditions in different countries. And I just started educating my own kids. But it, it really was, I can't change other children or other parents. I can only help my own and give them a place of belonging and appreciation, give them to remove their biases and prejudices, change my way of speaking about others. So it was really fun and interesting to see how my kids reacted. And then all of a sudden we had all their parents asking us and we had other teachers asking us. And I sat down and I said, okay, um, I kind of just made it at home. Like I, I didn't like go out looking to like create product. 
And then my husband, he's very intelligent when it comes to business. I said to him, so this is what's happening. He goes, okay, we have something here. You know, my husband always says I'm, I'm idea queen. I have lots of ideas, but this was something he was like, okay, this is interesting because this isn't only hitting schools and people and parents. This is actually hitting everyone. And you really want to make a change through this. And I was like, oh, I didn't look at it like that initially, right? But then as you started launching something and you created something, you're like, there's more to this than actually meets the eye. The sad part is that perhaps she thought we have made progress as a society. <laughs> and so you think we've it's better than when I was a kid. And then to have her kids come home, her daughter come home and say, where are you from? No, like, really, where are you from? Which is what non-white people tend to get a lot. I haven't had that. I'm white. I rarely get, where are you from? So I think that the fact that it hasn't changed that much kind of sparked her to do more. So I thought that was amazing. That's ultimately what makes me sad is that there was even a need for it to begin with. But it's not surprising that we've you know, in this culture that we live in, that we've backslid a bit. Backslid. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, a little just, bit. I'm like, just a smidge. Yeah, just a smidge. <laughs> One of the ways you broke out is you had a very successful career, which sometimes I think even being successful is harder to break out because... The perception is you could lose a lot or you have to restart and you start all the way at the bottom. How did you make that shift? What was that like for you? So the original idea was just to take a couple like years off, right? Like, so the kids were under two, wait till they get to preschool and then really go back and launch my career back in healthcare. You know, I had amazing advocates from healthcare. People knew who I was within the administration world. And so when I decided to come back or think about coming back, I just called everyone and I said, okay, where do I sit now? <laughs> like, which career do I fall into healthcare? <laughs> and healthcare wasn't in the best place at that time. And working in healthcare is like working any other job. You're not working, you know, eight hours a day. You're working like 12 hours a day and you're up early and you're home late and you're working on the weekends. And, and I had little children, you know, and I, I wanted to see how I could be home with them, but plus go into healthcare. And I think the transition happened was that it was this place where I wanted to be effective for my kids. I wanted to be involved, but I wanted to show them work was important also, and career orientation was important, and giving back was important. I just didn't know where I felt. So we made a decision as a family, let's take another year. And in that year, when Imara came to me and was expressing her feelings about this place of not feeling belonging and not feeling accepted, it triggered something in me. I knew I wanted to work with kids. Kids has been my ultimate, ultimate passion and goal. And to make a change really because of my story of what I went through as a child, as a teenager, my brothers went through, multiple friends went through. And now having my children growing up in the world that we're in today, it's even more of a drive. You know, we were in 2020 when we launched the business, unknowingly that there was a pandemic happening. We had settled to say this was our time. It was going to be March. Between March and June, we were going to launch this business. And 
there was a lot happening in the world. From that time to today in 2023, we've seen such a global atmosphere of children actually having empowered voices and speaking up. And I wanted to be part of that. Again, there have been a lot of hardships. This has not been an easy ride, but it was, it was a drive and I'm not letting go of it. Nice. Sometimes when people break out Dr. Z, you don't have the best social support, meaning they're like, why did you do that? You were so successful over here. Why are you doing this now? Did you have any of that? How did you manage through some of the others' expectations with that? You know, it, more than anything, it was my own immediate family. It was my mom, my brothers. So the story is when I decided to launch this business, first of all, I don't think to this day until recently, my mom actually knows what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she's like, wait, you're not going to be a doctor anymore. And I think our heart oh. broke because like, oh, she yeah. was like, yeah. wait, you're like my pride child. You know, like I want you to like, <laughs> I show you off. It was very South Asian of her, you know, <laughs> that I became the doctor and, and, and I was successful in the healthcare industry. Um, but I think it was my brother's question to my family or my husband. One time we were all at Christmas. I was a little sad that he asked this, but he said, my older brother asked, he goes, well, why does she have to work? Why does she have to do anything? Like you have a successful business. She could be a stay. And I was like, really? Did you just say that? And I don't, I don't think it's a cultural thing. I think it's just any mm -mm. man to a woman or a brother to a, like, she's got like a well-off husband and she, she could just live at home. And I'm like, yes, but no, that's not what I want to do. And I said, it's because I want to do it. It has nothing to do with anybody else but me because I want to do it. You know, I even had friends who were like, are you sure? You know, do you know anything about business? And I've also had a lot of negative feedback from people. There's a lot of people who don't like what I do. Our communities right now don't like that I'm trying to teach change. Mm -hmm. Change is mm -hmm. always hard to teach. Our political entities right now, there are people out there who are like, we don't want to teach emotional learning in schools. We should exactly. teach our children to be, you know, yeah, we should, because that's how they're going to be strong, confident. We don't want to teach about other communities because we're America. You need to learn English here. No, America doesn't have a language. Everybody in this country comes from someplace else. Mm -hmm. That was the basis of this country. And so I still have that. We're always going to have negative feedback, but we're going to keep going. Yeah. And nobody else is doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. How do you manage through some of that negative feedback? Before now that I've now learned to manage through it, I am a very insecure person. <laughs> and it really came from the fact that I grew up with, you know, a lot of heartache and, and my story of being bullied and not being accepted. I have learned later in life, once I launched this business, to have thick skin and also to have a support system around me. You know, when you have people around you who know you're doing good work and you're, you're always being torn down, I have that system around me and those people around me to say, nope, you need to get right back up and you need to fight. The leaders of this world who were trying to make change, they always fell. But if we don't fall, we can't get back up and do better work. And that's mm -hmm. what I've learned. So I journal, I meditate, I talk to people, I'm in therapy. There's no reason you shouldn't be. Mm, exactly. Um, but I have to do it. I didn't learn that though till later in life. 
I always felt like I was supposed to be torn down and, and, and live by everybody else's words. So now I don't, I live by my words and I live by the positive and support group around me. You know, you don't need a lot of people around you to uplift you. There's really those five people are, you know, that you can count on your fingers and that's who I have. Yeah. Do you think if you didn't start this business that you would have had that learning and that insight in yourself if you just continued down the same healthcare path? Yes. In healthcare also, I was working within the DEI space and also creating a lot of belonging within the hospital sector. It was one of my CEOs when I launched in kids and he said to me, he goes, you know, you were doing this already. And I was like, I was. And he, he reminded me of the work that I was doing within the healthcare sector. And I'm like, I didn't even think of that. He goes, you've always been that person who wanted to create a space for someone and create a place for people to have appreciation and belonging, whether it was connecting the right patient to the right doctor or whether it was creating space for our nurses to have place to pray or do, you are already creating equitable spaces within the healthcare sector. So it's, it's always been inside of me, but now the realization of the work that I do where I go speak or I create product or we are working with the schools or the sports verticals, it's already part of me. So it's like an easy transition. The breakout comes to you from Abrachi Group. We offer coaching and consulting to help you dig into change. Here's what we know. Only about 10% of us are really self-aware, but 90% of us think we are. Without self-awareness, improvement is tough because if you don't know what box you're in, you can't break out of it. That's where we come in. We've got a soft spot for people itching to forge a fresh path, the high flyers who need to be nudged out of career ruts, teams who are looking to become more aligned, and yes, even those bold souls who've occasionally worn the jerk badge. Connect with us at abracigroup.com. Dr. Z, how are the products different from other kind of diversity content that's out there? So we do inclusive learning. So a lot of the products, which are amazing multicultural products out there, it's very one culture oriented. You'll see either Black American dolls, you'll see very focused on that culture, which is great. And you should have product from all of these different brands. We spread it where we're not focused on just one country culture or tradition. We're creating inclusive learning. So culture for us is very American culture. We're proceeding to teach about the Black American culture, the American Jewish culture, the Puerto Rican culture, every community you see within the United States. One of the reasons we want to teach culture in that direction is because just because you're South Asian and you're from California doesn't mean you have the same culture as a South Asian from New York or New Jersey. So it's really creating that multitudes. Also generational differences. You know, Black Americans who are from the South are very different from Black Americans who are from New York. Also, when we look at Caribbean Americans, they're not Black Americans. They're, so there's this place of understanding everyone's community. When we talk about traditions, we're really, really focused on traditions around the globe that children really represent and play and do a lot of work and create a space for those traditions. But we want to educate it through not only traditions, but the countries these children are coming from. So it's a storyline for us. We do it through the kids that we are representing, and then we also do it through the animals. So we have Hootie, who is our owl of knowledge that goes through all these countries and traditions and cultures and teaches that. You know, Everyone's like, well, you haven't have a Diwali kit out yet. You don't have an Eid kit out yet. And I'm like, we'll get there. I'm not <laughs> denying that we're going to do all this. 
But I'm not representing just South Asians. Our company is representing everybody. We just got an email. Someone was like, we really want to see a Polish kid and we're going to get to all of them. You know, we're a really small and mighty team, but we are definitely going to get to all of them. And then with that, as we launch next year, our emotional wellness line, it really goes into that product. You have to understand the reason I launched in kids was not only to make a change and teach multicultural learning, but it was also to prevent bullying. It was also to prevent making fun of. Mm -hmm. The psychology says if you start children early enough as three years old to teach them anything and get brain development to them, that's where we launch our products. Three years old to five, parents work with their kids, seven-year-olds and above, kids can play on their own. But once they hit middle school, then you see actually the acknowledgement of one another's communities and cultures. And that's what happens. We tend to forget that if we don't teach them early enough, you can't actually create a space for them when they're older. Because once you hit a certain age, it's a little tougher to teach them. And that's really what we wanted to do. Now with that, there's an emotional wellness space. And that's where our next line comes out, which is really talking about our feelings and why we are going through certain things and what we want to talk about. How do we want to talk about it? And how do we want to represent those feelings? And that's where our mesh line will come in, which is our mental, emotional, social health line, which is all based off the science of psychology and psychiatry. I am so excited for that. I was thinking, Dr. Z, when you were talking about having that, those five people who support you and when you get knocked down, I call Kelly or I talk to my husband. So I'm so glad that I have a Kelly in my life. So Kelly, what are you thinking of Dr. Z with us beautiful change making? And I was like, gosh, I wish I had that stuff when I was little. I mean, I think it's very helpful for even companies, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because there's so yeah. much that, that we didn't get when we were younger. I mean, honestly, there's like generations that didn't receive this information that I think could really benefit from it. So I love that you are so passionate about the topic. I mean, education is one of the biggest weapons you can use against bullying in in particular is just by educating people. So I love that you're making this such a um, a mission. What kind of response have you had as a result of, of your kits, as you call them? So when we launched into, because when I launched the company first, um, we were like a subscription-based company and, you know, we did really well. It was doing great. And then you saw like this drop right after like COVID, like 2021. (laughs) So we were like, okay, we can't sustain this because it's very expensive. It was when we got into the Target Forward Founders Program. So Target had this program that they launched in June of 2021. They put out like um, for all small businesses to come in who wanted to go into retail. And um, we sat down and we said, okay, that may be something we should look at and see if we could be retail ready. I knew nothing about that. So we decided that we would, you know, apply for it. We got in. It was super exciting. We were the first cohort. They were amazing. And we learned that we were actually a social impact business. We were mission-based. So that was our first knowledge base of like the feedback, right, on the kits. Like you have a business that can make a difference that nobody else has in the market. So that was number one. And then through customers, we've seen great feedback. Like when we were on Good Morning America, our first big media uproar, they're like, we wish we had this. We want it for our, our, our grandkids. And our phones were off the hook. I was like, okay, okay, who's answering the calls? Like we didn't have a customer <laughs> service base. I was like a Google voice. And I, we were just a few of us when we launched the company. And again, we're still very young. We're only going to be about four years old next year. We've learned that everybody who's coming back to us, there is a need. There's a huge need. Everybody wants to not only educate their own kids about their communities, but they want to educate other people about their communities. Mm -hmm. You know, when we saw the Ukraine situation happen, we had a friend who reached out to us 
And we did a nonprofit kit, which went to the voices of the children of Ukraine. I think it was the nonprofit. It was really a kit for those schools who these, um, you know, children were coming into who didn't have even language. There was a huge language barrier for the teachers. That was a huge benefit. These small little kits didn't only help the kids who were coming into the class from these countries, but it helped the teachers and the kids who were in the class to not have a stigma how to talk to them. Because remember, our teachers, they're overwhelmed, first of all. And the teachers are looking for a space where how do we accept these children and not make them feel unaccepted, unknowingly, like they're not doing it on purpose because when they do it, then the kids see it. And when the kids see it, then the kids do it to the other kids. And that feedback was huge for us. Look, mine was just an idea. I'm just, again, the idea person. And I still cry about this sometimes because it makes me emotional. I just don't like to see children hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The effect you have on a child when you make fun of them and you put them through something is with them for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. They don't forget it ever. And I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what your religious background is. When you've put a child through trauma, it sticks with them. And for me, that was why I wanted to be a physician. That's why I wanted to do the work I'm doing. And that's why I want to educate the world to make sure we're creating a future with our kids. That's really what it is. Uh, Dr. Z, the passion with which you speak about this topic is absolutely incredible. And again, to take your experience and to make it your life's mission and your life's work. I mean, if your mom could hear you speak now, she should be proud. She um, is. Good. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, my mom and dad, you know, I didn't realize this when when I was young until I did the work I'm doing. So my my mom is a teacher. She's been an educator for 40 mm. plus years, uh, special education. And when we were young, my brothers and I are Sikh. So my brothers wore turbans and I had long hair. And, you know, my mom actually came into our school to educate our friends and create a place of how we're actually more similar than we're different. Now, I didn't remember all this until like I was a little older, but she really launched our international program at our school. And she did it based because she wanted to educate them on our community. So we didn't get made fun of. And she did that very naturally, you know? And then my father, who was a Sikh activist for a very, very long time from 84 till probably really close to the time of his passing, but he did this for 20 plus years as a Sikh advocate to really create activism and knowledge and understanding for our communities and the communities around the globe about who we were. Hmm. And I recognize all these things later in life. So for me, the work comes full circle. But you're right, Kelly. My mom is very proud of me. She, <laughs> she sees it now. <laughs> I love how it came full circle that her mother wound up doing this for the Sikh culture in educating and her father too as a Sikh activist. So it was always sort of within her to do this, even if she didn't necessarily recognize it in her early years that it, it's now come full circle in her mid forties. It's amazing. Yeah, what I appreciated is the getting to the kids younger. Even if they live in a household that doesn't get it, you have at least planted a seed. That representation is so important and you don't realize how much it's ingrained with you until 
like you realize the white Barbie is the main character or like all pilots are men. Like you don't even realize that like the doctors are men and just like you just don't even realize that it happens and it sinks in and it's like so difficult to keep peeling it away and show others. And it's a very conscious choice to make different representations because it does really, really matter. And so that's what's so great about what Dr. Z is doing. One of the questions I have for you is, you know, what is the greatest wish for your company and the work that you're doing now? Oh God, there's so many wishes. <laughs> I think the one that comes to mind the most always is touching not only every child in this country or every household in this country, but also globally, whether it's me going and speaking or through in kids, really creating a global place for children to communicate with one another and empower their voices. That for me would be the wish for in kids. If we could touch every household around the globe to create a place of belonging and appreciation for another community, again, not only for their community, but for another community, that would be my wish. It's incredibly beautiful because you create a world of kindness in the process where people are going to stop and think about what they say and think about what they do and think about that next action before they say it so that the experiences that unfortunately you you faced and your brothers faced is lessened to a degree. One of the questions we love to ask people is, is for wisdom or advice and when people make big career changes and you touched on, you know, having a thick skin, having a support system, which we've heard, you know, you've journaled, meditated, anything else you want to add to that? I think there has to be passion. Um, and I think for me, there was a passion. I didn't know the direction it was going to take me in. I didn't know what it was. I knew I wanted to work with kids in some way or form or another. And my passion was there. And I think passion drives anything you're doing. You know, when you have your hard days, when you have your frustrating days, what is your drive and your passion to what you want to do and what you want to accomplish? I think for me is my children, because I look at them, that's big for me, <laughs> um, or the kids around me or my godchildren or my nieces and nephews. What do I want to create that I could leave behind so I could say, I did this. And, and for me, I will be damned if I leave this world that I haven't tried at least. Yeah. I will be damned if I have not tried to make a change for these children. And that for me is the passion. Because I didn't know where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And it was a friend of mine, I think, who said, write down what drives you, what, what mm -hmm. moves the needle for you, what changes for you. Write that down and put it there and then you'll see where you're going to go. That change will become so easy. That breakout, that barrier, whatever you're trying to fight across to get to that next level. I wrote it down. I put it in a circle. My passion was children. And then I just put little the tentacles like the octopus of like what drives that. And, and it came yep. through that. Mm -hmm. And I do have really hard days. There are days when sales aren't going well, we've got to have overhead and financials and, but I know it is going to happen because my drive is so much. Hmm. So you have one minute, Dr. Z, with someone who is stuck and they want to break out. What do you tell them? What do you love the most in life? What's the one thing you love the most in life? Let's start there. And then let's talk through how to move to the next step from that. Oh, 
Well, we love you, Dr. Z, so much. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast and for sharing your story. So inspirational of how you've taken this passion for children and morphed it into what it's become today. It's truly an inspiration. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Everybody's support means all the most to us because we have to do this together. I, I can't do it alone. That was our conversation with Dr. Z, founder of InKids Children's Education Company. Check out their amazing, world-changing products at inkidsco.com. This is The Breakout from Abracci Group. At Abracci Group, we specialize in coaching and consulting for brave new directions. Connect with us at abracigroup.com. And don't forget to subscribe to The Breakout so you never miss a new episode. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Breakout Pod. I'm Kelly Gunther. And I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. See you next time. 